Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. We've been on this, uh, this journey of prayer. So I'm going to hit that just a little bit. And I'm going to augment things just a little. Um, but I, I, I felt compelled to continue on with this theme of prayer. How many know that prayer matters? Has anyone here ever prayed about something difficult? Maybe it took you a while, but then God came through. Amen. Uh, James 5.16 says this. Turn there in your Bibles. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible. Are you there? You probably can say this out of memory by now. Why do you think the Lord repeats things over and over and over? Why do you think He does that? He's trying to get it in us. Right? James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you might be healed and restored. I prayed for a guy by uh, last week, me and Andy did. I don't know if he's here today, but uh, I don't know if you guys know Bill. Um, Paulson, I think? I don't know. Anyways, he, he had one knee that was bad and the other one, uh, he did a whole bunch of work last week or so, and, and he hurt the other one, and just both knees were in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And he said he couldn't even go up and down stairs, so whatever the level that is. And so he came up afterwards, and I could tell he was in pain by the way he was walking. It just wasn't him. And he came up, and he said, hey, can you pray for me? He said, I'm in a lot of pain. And he was telling me he couldn't go upstairs, and, and uh, it just it was no fun at all. And so, uh, I, you know, I was just talking to people. I wasn't feeling super spiritual. And uh, I said, well, yeah, we can pray for you. And Andy said, yeah, I'd like to get in on this. So we put our hands on him. And I just waited for just a moment. And I said, Lord, what would you want me to do? And the Lord said, I want you to get down on your knees, put your hands on his knees, and I want you to pray for him and command arthritis to uh, command that arthritis to leave his knees. So I, I got down on my knees and I commanded his arthritis to leave in the name of Jesus. And I waited for a moment and I prayed again. And all of a sudden, he began to shake. I like when that happens. And he got excited. And then he started moving his legs. And I said, well, how is it now? And he said, it's about 50% better. So that's good. So many times we were hoping for that end result and we lose the joy in the middle. Amen. So anytime God does anything, we should celebrate that. So I said, Lord, what do you want to do? He said, do it again. So I got down and I began to pray again. And all of a sudden, he began to shake again. And he got really excited. And uh, so he starts working his legs. And about 90% of the pain was gone. And I felt peace about that. And I said, I think you're going to be fine. So here's what happened. This, this is what he sent me. 
He said, I went home. He sent me a text about two hours later. He said, I went home. I just want to make sure. So I ran the stairs up and down for quite some time. He said, I'm fine. About six o'clock, I get a text from him again. He said, I've been out ice skating all afternoon. He said, I feel great, except my face is a little windburn. How many know that God can do things? Amen. We need to have faith when we pray for people. Um, you know, I don't like it when I don't see results. I don't like that. But it, in, instead of getting discouraged, discouraged, it compels me to go deeper. That's the right attitude. Get in, study some testimonies, see what the Word says. Contend for breakthrough. Amen? All right, so it says here to pray for one another, and that's all we did. We just simply prayed for Him. We had good results, and we're giving God glory. That you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt, persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much, but when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Say tremendous power. All right, when you think about prayer, I want you to think about that word, tremendous power. Say that, tremendous power. Okay, I don't know if we're getting this, because you should be so excited that God put it in His Word that when you pray, that you have tremendous power available. Let's try that again. It is dynamic and can have that's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, here's, here's an interesting statistic here. You guys like statistics? Um, there was a, a group that surveyed 400,000 people on the Internet. 400,000. And uh, these were Christians. This was from Faith Life Logos Bible Software. Have you guys ever used their stuff? I'm sure a lot of people have. Well, they wanted to find out what was happening to people that read the Bible. And they found the following. If you read the Bible one time a week, they have almost, there is almost no measurable effect on a person's life. If you read the Bible two times a week, there, are almost, there is almost no measurable differences in a person's life. If you read the Bible three times a week, there are almost no measurable differences in a person's life. If you read the Bible four times a week, everything in every category spiked off the chart. I don't understand why, but when people were beginning to read the Bible every day, it went wild. And here were some of the statistics. The feelings of loneliness dropped 30%. Anger issued, issues dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped 40%. That's good. Maybe they should double it. Alcoholism dropped 57% for those that read the Bible on a consistent basis. God began to take the desire away. Sexual issues, porn, etc. dropped 60% in those dedicated to reading the Bible daily. 
People felt uh, people that felt feel distant or stagnant from the Lord dropped sixty-two percent just from starting to read the Bible every day. Why? Because the Bible is supernatural and it's powerful. When you look at the Bible and you say it's just words on paper, then you don't understand. No, it is spirit and it is life. When I read the Bible, it energizes my inner batteries. Amen? It brings spirit and life. Well, I don't feel like reading the Bible. Then read it until you do. Amen? I remember Lou Ferrigno. Remember him, the first uh, Incredible Hulk? He was just skinny Winnie Joe when he was a kid, and everybody beat him up. And he said, I'm sick of this. He said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And he was just a frail little skinny man. And he said, if, they, if those guys in the gym can get all beefed up and pumped up, then I can do the same thing. And he began to dedicate himself in rituals, eating good food, working out, working out, working out. And he didn't feel like it, but he did it. And history... Uh, kind of proved out what happened to him. He became one of the strongest and most powerful bodybuilders in America, and I believe he was Mr. Universe, and then uh, that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger came on the scene and beat him every day after that. But the point is, is true that if we invest into the Word of God, we're going to become strong. Amen? These things are powerful. It says that faith... People that began to read their Bible on a regular basis, their faith jumped 200%. I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Discipleship jumped 230%. People were compelled and felt a need to be discipled by someone. 230% growth in that area. How many know that the Bible, the Word, is powerful? It can shape my life. All right, so... I want to get into a couple scriptures here. Uh, prayer is powerful. And there was someone in the Bible that began to pray a prayer in the Old Testament. His name was, see if I can find it. It was, did Daniel pray? Oh, Lord, help me find it. There it is. 1 Chronicles 4.10. 4, I'd like you to flip over there. Take a highlighter and circle this, because this is good. Say, this is good. I want to give you some tools that are going to change your life today. <clears throat> um, while you're turning there, we want to just um, acknowledge someone that they turned 50 years old today. Was, is your birthday today, Sheldon? Friday. It was Friday. It's already passed. All right. And if you don't mind me asking, how old did you turn this? this? 58? <laughs> what, what are you now? 80? 85. Wow. You look... Amen. And your wife keeps you very young. 
Um, <laughs> no, you both are doing awesome. And they, they look good, don't they? And we're just very proud of both of them. But I want to just state, you know, happy birthday from the church. And uh, we, just, we just so appreciate the Dwyers. And uh, we just want to honor them and, and uh, acknowledge another awesome birthday. And God has used you guys all over the world. And you guys have authored a couple books. 21 books. Okay, I was off just a little bit. And the beautiful thing about them is, is they work really hard on their books. They're, they're top quality training uh, books. And uh, they have literally thousands of their books all over the Middle East, the Philippines, all over that area. And how much do you charge for those books on a regular basis? Yeah, so their average price is zero. Isn't that amazing? So, Father, we just pray you just bless them, touch them, strengthen them. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in their life. They're such an example for us to glean from, to learn from, to be challenged by. In Jesus' name, amen. First Chronicles 4.10. Here's the book of Chronicles, and it's listing all these people people, 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 that all of a sudden it gets to the life of Jabez, and it says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, see he's in prayer, say prayer, and he called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. And God said, no way. And God said, he, it says here, so God granted him what he requested. How many know that God can bless your life? Now, all these people... People, people, people in the book of Chronicles. And all of a sudden, it gets to Jabez. And he was an honorable man, and he called out to the Lord, and God heard him, and he blessed him. Why didn't the others pray for this? Why didn't they? It's there. Amen? We need to be praying over our kids every day. God, bless them. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless me. Bless them. Bless my ministry. Bless the work of my hands. Why didn't the others simply ask God? Bless me at work. How many get up in the morning and you spend time with God and you say, God, those people at work, they have no hope without Christ. And you put me there. Today, I pray that you would anoint me to be a man of excellence. I pray that you'd be, uh, you would anoint me today to have the word of God, the encouragement of God in my life. So when I go to work, I am the greatest blessing that that company has ever had or seen. And I can be an example to others and win them to Christ. In Chronicles, people, 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 all these people are listed. But one made a difference, 
and he stood up and he said, God, I ask that you would bless me. It's there. But many didn't take advantage of what Jabez did. So let's try it. Say, Lord, Lord bless, me. bless me. See, he said, uh, Lord, bless me. And he said, enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me. How many want the hand of God on your marriage? How many want the hand of God on your finances? How many want the hand of God on your ministries? Whatever God called you to do. I just love this. He could have just got up in the morning, did his thing, drank coffee, but he threw himself out before the Lord. And he said, oh God, that you would bless me. And it says, I just love this response. It's so simple. So God granted him what he, what? Requested. What if he didn't request anything? And then you read Chronicles, and it just starts going down the list again. A person, another person, another person, another person. Who's going to be the one to stand up and, and declare and demand the things of God for your generation? Amen? It's accessible. It is. Prayer is so powerful. So God wants to bless people. And sometimes we need to call out to Him. Sometimes we need to break through in prayer. Sometimes we need to do warfare in prayer. Sometimes we, we just, we, I think we, we get a false concept in America. In the Old Testament, in the Jewish age, back at the time of Christ, they had a warfare mentality of the world. What does that mean? They believed that there was a God and a devil. There were angels that assisted, and God used them to do things on the earth. And they believed that there were demonic forces that caused issues, caused struggle. And through prayer and fasting, God would release angels to assist in demonic battles for breakthrough. They believed that. And so there was a strong emphasis in the Old Testament on prayer and fasting because they believed that if they could pray and fast, that God would send help to destroy the work of the enemy so they could walk out their prosperity. Is anybody here? We live in such a naturalistic world today. We think that we're on our own. We're not on our own. How many believe that when you get in your car in the morning, you're going to work, driving your car? That's a big steering wheel. This, that's a new electric car, as you know. You ever drive one of those? They don't make any noise. It's very deceptive. You get in your car in the morning and you believe that the Holy Spirit is right there with you. So you take advantage of that time. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. And you begin to intercede because He's right there with you. 
Amen? Prayer is powerful. Say, prayer is powerful. So, I want to turn the corner just a little bit here. This is what God put in my heart, is that God wants to bless. And when we're saved, there is a blessing that comes when we're born again. Amen? I want to give you a few scriptures on that. Uh, Genesis 12, 2, it says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. This was to Abraham. That when Abraham, he was blessed of God, and God wanted to bless him so he could be a blessing. Amen? So it's, it's one thing to say, oh, God wants to bless me so I can just, you know, hoard things and whatever. But the proper perspective of a blessing when we're Christians is that God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. Amen? Um. I want to read this same scripture in the Amplified. It says this, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundance, abundant increase in favors. And we see that in the life of Abraham, that after God blessed him, God began to bring increase into his life, and through that increase, he began to help others. Amen? Galatians 3.29 says this, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offering according, I'm sorry, heirs, heirs according to the promise. How many are Abraham's offspring? You have the blessings of Abraham on your life. What are some of the blessings in the Old Testament? Deuteronomy 28, I want you to write these down. Here are some of the blessings in the Old Testament. Now we're going somewhere. Number one is exaltation, what means you can be lifted up. God can elevate you. He can promote you at work. How many have ever felt that? You just knew that the God was helping you. I remember when I was working at the uh, company in town here years ago, I started on the shop floor. I, I, got, I was hired on. I was working for my dad at the time. I was actually making really, really good money. And I was flipping cars and all that, but I was gone all the time. And I felt the Lord say, I want you to, to change up your life. I want you to get a regular job for a season. And so I did. I got a job there, and I, 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 just, I knew the Lord was saying to go to work there. And I remember I got my first check, and I laughed. I was paid just above minimum wage. And I remember going, oh, my Lord, I made like 10 times that, you know, before or whatever. And I laughed, and, and, uh, and I said, God, what am I going to do? And the Lord spoke to me on the floor. It was a really hard job. I unloaded uh, metal all day. These trucks would come in, and I would take the steel off, and some of them were small bars, some were big bars. I had to use forklifts, and, and dirty job. I was covered in grease every day. And I said, God, I hate this job. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said this, right there on the shop floor in the receiving area. He said, stay here and I'll bless you. And I said, God, I hate this job. And he said, stay here and I'll bless you. Oh, God. So there I am every day. I'd go to work. I'm praying over there. I work by myself a lot. But I, I knew the Lord was saying this. He said, I want you to work with excellence. 
So when I would get done, I would clean up everything and I'd make sure everything is organized and my area was spotless unto the Lord. And as time went on, I heard the Lord say this. He said, you look really terrible because I wore these really bad clothes because I'd get them greasy every day. The Lord said, from now on, I want you to dress nice. I said, God, I'm going to wreck all my clothes. And the Lord said, from now on, I want you to dress nice. I said, good Lord, what am I going to do? So I got some clothes, you know, and uh, there I am doing the same thing, wrecking some clothes. But what was happening is the managers were coming down and they'd walk through that area. Every day they'd come down and they'd go get their coffee and they'd walk back. I didn't even think about it until later. And so there I am and I'm working and... uh, Then I got hurt on the job, and I said, oh, no, what am I going to do? And the Lord's like, I'm going to use this for good. He didn't cause it, but he said, I'm going to use it for good. I said, what are you going to do, Lord? And a manager called me, and he said, instead of sitting at home, he said, I want you to come in if you'll do it, and I'm going to put you with managers in the company, and you're going to sit with everyone in the company, and you're going to write procedures for their department. I said, I guess I could do that. So that's what I did. I got to know the management. And then I'm praying. I said, God, what do you want me to do now? And I got all healed up, and they put me back in the the receiving area. I started lifting all the metal again. And the Lord said to me this. He said, said, every Friday, you're going to go, and you're going to sit by the sales office until the the VP of sales has time for you. I said, I'm not going to do that. How annoying would that be? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, every Friday, when you get done with work, you're going to go sit. They had a chair outside his office. So every Friday, I would get done about three o'clock and I'd go upstairs and he was a Christian guy, I found out later, and I would sit there and I'd wait for him. And finally, he'd come out and he'd go, what are you doing? And I'd say, I'm waiting until you have time to talk to me. And I did that every Friday. And finally, he come out one day and he said, I don't have time to talk to you. And I said, it doesn't matter. And the next week I came back. And finally, he came out one day, he said, come in here. <laughs> he said, I don't know what to do with you. He said, so we're going to hire you. So I go in and he gives me all this stuff to read. And I had no idea about I knew electronics because I studied that a lot as a person in myself, software and all that. I self-taught. And they put me in this area that had to do with that. And the Lord spoke to me. I was praying. I said, God, what do I do now? I don't know none of this stuff because it was all new technology. And the Lord said to me, he said, now the Lord said to me, see the, the pattern here? It's so simple. You can be as dumb as a stump in advance in the kingdom. I'm praying. I say, oh God, what do I do now? Now I got the job and I don't know what I'm doing. And he said to me, he said, go talk to the training instructor and check out all the manuals that you can that they'll let you take home at one time. And I want you to take home pieces of equipment, tear it apart, put it together and learn every piece. I said, God, I don't have time to do that. I'm, I'm, uh, I was doing youth at the time. I was writing curriculum for the other pastor. I'd sit up till 2 in the morning many times. And, and the Lord said to me, he said, I said, 
Go and see the training instructor. Take home all the manuals and the equipment that they'll let you take home. Tear it apart, put it together. I said, I guess I can do that. I started to do that. And then people started having questions. And they were giving me these customers that would call because I took the stuff home and tore it apart, put it together. I didn't know what I was doing a week ago. But slowly, through listening to the Holy Spirit, God began to teach me some things and give me some skills I didn't have. Amen? Until I became a product specialist in that area. Then later, they promoted me over software. I had to help the software uh, engineers create programs, and God gave me downloads. I'm not kidding you. Because he told me what to do, and I would do it, and sometimes I'd have dreams about technology, or God would just instill it into me. I'm not kidding. Just say amen. Amen. They made me a product manager over software and uh, different equipment. So I'm helping engineers engineer products, spearheaded catalogs and all that. Why? God can advance anyone that gets close to Him and listens to the voice of God. Just say amen. I made a lot of mistakes, and I probably got in my own way many times. But the truth is that God can promote you and advance you if you become a person of prayer, a person of the Word, and a man that walks in obedience. Just say amen. I don't care if it's real estate. I don't care if it's construction. I don't care what area you're in. If you will begin to dedicate yourself unto the Lord, listen to the voice of God. Do what He says. God will begin to promote you. Exaltation, reproductivity, health, prosperity or success, victory. Moses said, you'll be the head, not the tail. Number seven, you'll be above and not beneath. Amen? God wants to promote His kids. Sometimes we get in our own way. Let me give you another point here. Here we have David. This is 1 Samuel 16. Turn there real quick. I got to make some mileage. You, are you there already? 1 Samuel 16. Say 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. If the person next to you is sleeping, just slap them a good one. You ever been to one of those parties when you're in college that you shouldn't have been and they, somebody fell asleep and they'd write all over your face with a Sharpie? Yeah, don't do that here. All right, 1 Samuel 16. Here it is. Samuel, God spoke to Samuel, and he said, um, basically in a nutshell, Saul messed up. God took his spirit off of Saul. What a terrible thing. And he said, go and anoint a new king. And he told him to go to the house of Jesse. And so he summoned the the house of Jesse uh, and, and all his kids, and they came, and Samuel was going to anoint them, anoint a new king. So he goes and he explains everything. 
And then he goes to pray. And here's a good-looking tall guy, and he goes to pray for him, and the Lord says, not him. Then he goes to the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. And finally he says, I'm, I'm out of kids. He said, the Lord told me. He said, well, I have one more out in the field. So he says, go get him. He's the one they didn't think would be anointed. Amen? And God picks him, and I just love this scripture here. And it says, so Samuel took the horn of oil, in verse 13, and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, here's, here's so, this is so powerful. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Now, in the New Testament, when you're saved, you can pray that the Spirit of God comes on your life. Amen? But here it says the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then, here's the thing. So there's the anointing on David. David is in the field. He learned to pray. He learned to uh, get close to God. God gave him things to do out there. And now it comes the time, the prophet comes and anoints him, the power of God comes upon his life. Isn't that good? And so then we see immediately following that, in verse 18, we see that God gives him opportunity. Say opportunity. And the king was having a trouble. He was having trouble. And he would have anxiety come upon him. A spirit would come upon him, the Bible said. And someone said, isn't this good? See, divine connections. When you walk in the Spirit, anything is possible. Someone said, hey, I know of a young man that knows how to play the harp. And God uses this young man. He's good looking and he'll be a good blessing to you. So they summoned him and they put him in the king's uh, palace there. And when he was troubled, when Saul was troubled, David would play and the Spirit of God would move upon him. Isn't that good? And it says this, so that was good. But then it said also that Saul liked him. And David was of good service to him. Say of good service. So a lot of times we want to prosper in our life. We want to see the blessings of God overtake us, but we don't want to serve well. We don't want to get in the way of God's blessing. Amen? So David was a man of God. He learned how to play the instrument for him. But also, when he wasn't doing that, he was serving Saul well. Say, I need to serve well. Wherever it is. God gave the opportunity and David began to serve well. And when we serve well... God brings increase. Say, God brings increase. In today's mentality, we think that God's going to give us increase just because we're breathing air. That's called entitlement. And God is very specific in the Bible that entitlement doesn't work in the kingdom of God. Obedience brings increase. Servanthood brings increase. But it's for anyone in the kingdom. doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor, uh, your background. doesn't matter where you're from. If you hearken to the voice of God and you serve well, you walk in obedience and you serve well, God will begin to promote you. 
I just, I need more noise than that. So, now here's another factor. We're talking about prayer, the blessings of God, and increase. Here's the thing. David proved his self already in the field. He learned how to pray. You can read the Psalms and you can you can go through the Old Testament. You can see in the life of David how he learned to draw near to God. So he had that factor. Then he was anointed. Then he served well. And then, see, God anointed him to be a king, to be a leader. It says in the next chapter there, it says that in Samuel 17, then a man began to declare curses over Israel. Goliath. And the other people ran from the opportunity. Some people will look at an obstacle and they'll just say, well, God's shutting a door. Can you imagine what Goliath looked like? He was the biggest man around. He was a little bit bigger than me. He was a giant. He was a monstrous man. He would kill you with one punch. And everyone in Israel, all the men, say men, are running like cowards. David, a man of God, a man that served well, a man that had opportunity, now he looks through the calling of God on his life. He says, I am ordained to be a king, and a king kills giants. So David, he takes and looks at this obstacle as an opportunity. And he applies faith, and he goes out, and the Bible says he charged at him, and he took his sling, and he killed him. Say opportunity. opportunity. Some opportunity is really hard. Some opportunity is really scary. Some opportunity will may, maybe cause you to, to shake and quake in your boots a little bit, but it's that, that one thing that is the doorway to your blessing. Amen? I've known guys that when God began to, to move in their life and business and whatever, and, and God began to open up opportunities, and then a big obstacle came up in front of them, and they chose to run instead of face it, and they limited themselves from that day on. Same thing in ministry or in cell leadership or whatever it is. That monstrous giant is actually the doorway to opportunity and advancement. Same thing in marriage. We can have a terrible marriage. We can go through struggles in relationships. Or maybe you've got a struggle in a friendship. And the Lord is saying, I want you to learn to love, to forgive, to do these things. And you're like, but that is a giant that is so hard. You don't know what I've been through. And the Lord says, I want you to learn to love, to forgive, to take on that giant. Because when you kill that thing, you're going to have the best marriage you ever had. You're going to have the best friendship you ever had. Maybe at work it's a struggle. There's a guy there that's causing you pain. And instead of being mad all the time, the Lord wants you to start praying and fasting that that guy gets saved. 
and He could be your doorway to advancement. You know, finances is, is the same thing. Finance is the same thing. There are things that God wants to challenge you in that actually becomes the doorway. It looks like a Goliath, but it's the doorway to your advancement. Amen? Maybe it's getting some skills, sitting down with a financial advisor. I don't know. But it might be a lot of work, and it might take some time, and it might be painful, but it's going to bring an increase and a blessing into your life that will change your future. There we go. Amen. I love you guys. All right, real quick. I've got four minutes. The parable of the talents is the same story. The Bible says that a man came and he gave five talents to one, another two, and another one. It's like 5,000, 10,000, you know, 20,000, whatever. It doesn't matter the amount. But it said that uh, these guys, they took that opportunity and it said they went out and they invested well, except for one was afraid and he hid it in the ground. And God gives you amazing talents. He gives you faith. He gives you truth. He gives you people around you. He, he's invested some things into you. But some of us has taken and put it in the ground and said, I'd rather bury it. At least I won't lose that one thing. And the others, the Bible said they worked hard, say worked hard, and they invested well. Do you do, it, it talks about that some of them, let uh, me, I'm trying too fast, that the one invested well and he said, well done. He said, and then he put him over more things. God brought increase. Say increase. See, he worked hard. He invested well. God brought increase. That's the way of the kingdom. I can spend all my days praying that God would drop, you know, $200 billion on my driveway. Or I can do what the kingdom says and says, where I say, God, give me opportunity that I can grow and bring increase. Sometimes when you're praying for breakthrough in finances, God will say, invest in your neighbor's kids. You're like, I don't have money to do that. Invest in your neighbor's kids. So you go over and you knock on the door and you say, I'm supposed to invest in your kids. Do they need anything? Well, it's been the hardest year of our life. We don't even have shoes for them. Well, we're going to take them to Walmart right now. We're going to get them all shoes. Amen? And you start investing. It doesn't make sense in the natural, but by the act of obedience, God begins to bring increase into your life. So these guys in the parable of the talents, one does great, God rewards him with more. Another does great, God rewards him with more. And the last one, it says he hid it in the ground. And the master says this, he said, you could have at least invested it and made money off of the interest. Now at the time in Israel... Uh, it was very difficult, there was no credit cards, and it was very difficult for the common man to have capital to invest. So those that had a little bit of capital, they would charge anywhere from 12% to 
to 50% on a transaction. And the Lord is saying, you could have easily went out and gave that to someone. Within a week or two or a month, you could have reaped 50% gain off of just letting that money work for itself. But you chose to put it in the ground. He said, thou wicked and what? Lazy. Say this, Lord, break laziness off my life, off my family, and off my future generations. In Jesus' name. You see, laziness is the, <laughs> is the thief of generations. I like Miles Monroe. He said this. He said, let your home become a library so you can invest into yourself and you can be productive in any area God calls you to walk in. I got way too much word to shut down, but I need to. I feel like I'm burning on the inside here. God wants to bring blessing and increase into the house of God. Amen? I want to show you this again. God wants to bring blessing and increase into your life. Does the Word of God say that He wants to bless you? Yes. But some of us, again, like the Goliaths, maybe there's an obstacle, so you've ran from that. It seemed too hard. And God is going to challenge you today to stand up again and start facing that thing. Amen? Maybe you wanted to do your own business and God called you to do it, but you got scared and you turned away. I want to say, I'm going to, I want to pray that God rattle your cage today. I'm going to say, get a business plan. Get some faith. Get some strategy. Get around other people that know how to do it, and God will bless you. Amen? Whatever it is. Maybe you want to be a cell leader. Get around cell leaders. Don't let an obstacle steal your blessing. Amen? Let's stand up. I'll finish this some other time. One act of obedience can change your life. I need to close. It's, it's 12.02. I gave you that story of how God brought an advancement into my life. You know, another way that, that the Lord challenged me for a season, He said, tithe. Now, now I, I hate to say this because then you're like, well, He's just trying to get us to tithe. That's not what I'm saying. He said to me for a season, He said, tithe at the level of increase you want to see in your life. So we began to do that. That was just one season. One act of obedience can change your life. Amen? Maybe He's calling you to go back to school. Whatever He's calling you to do to challenge you. We don't understand sometimes when it, we know the principle is that physical acts of obedience bring supernatural release. Some of us have wanted a breakthrough in our investments or finances. Get alone with God and say, God, give me that nugget. Give me that, that command. Give me that word in my heart, and I'll do it so you can bring that increase that I need. Amen? Maybe you want to grow your cell group. You're like, God, I can't grow it. Get alone with God. Fast and pray. Get a hold of Him, and He'll give you a word, and when you do it, you'll have increase. You guys okay? Is this, is this too much? Is this too strong? 
God is going to bring increase. Say this. Say, Lord, Lord just, like Jabez, just like Jabez, I pray that you would bless me, bless me and my family. Bless me to be a blessing. Teach me how to hear your voice and give me the strength to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good. Amen. I need the ministry team to come up, if you would. If you have an area in your life that you need breakthrough, God is going to touch you this morning. Amen. God's going to touch you. I just need a couple more, guys. If you need a breakthrough in your life, I want you to come up as we dismiss, and God's going to touch you. Uh, there's somebody here that's been fighting God for a while, and the Lord said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, He's actually having me say this, I'm going to put my thumb on you, and you're not going to be able to run from me, because if you go to the left or the right, I'll have people there, because God wants to bless you. He wants to bring increase in your life, so He's going to put His thumb on you, and he's, you're going to feel it, but it's the love of God. It's, it, God's trying to bless you. Amen? Amen. Father, I just pray you'd uh, be with the congregation here, Lord. I pray that you would open up the Word of God. Help us to understand that, God, that you're a good God, that you love us tremendously. Father, help us not to run from giants, but to see them as an opportunity, God. Father, I pray for the, a sensitivity to the, ear, to the voice of God. And Lord, I just pray you bring increase and opportunity into everyone here. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.